Blog Talk Radio. This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living. You're listening now to the Honest to God series with Anne Gail Rose and Ahanu. Well, good morning, everybody, from beautiful San Diego, California. And we're looking like we're going to have another gorgeous day here. And this is getting to be a habit, Ahanu, these beautiful days in southern San Diego. I know, and it's something that is such a joy to us, this beautiful, sunny weather, all-day blue skies, and I say it every time, this is just a joy, and we wonder why San Diego is the seventh largest city in the United States of America, because everybody's flocking here just to be in this beautiful, beautiful weather. It's absolutely wonderful. Well, we're going to have a special guest on today, Patricia Robins, when I know you will bring her on, Ahana, when we've done our announcements. So should we talk to our listeners about the great and powerful Oz that we saw last night with our granddaughter, Haru? And I was a little worried that that movie was not going to be made for children, but indeed it was. In fact, it was it was done well done, better than the first one. It wasn't nearly as scary. Well, I won't say it was better than the original, but it was very different than the original. So anybody who's going to see The Great and Powerful Oz, don't expect it to be like the first movie, the original movie, because it's not at all. However, it's still very delightful and very good and has nice little lessons in it for children. And, of course, the special effects are fantastic. So what do you think of it, Hunter? You were at the edge of your seat. I, I heard you giggling and gasping and everything else all night long. Well, I'm glad you brought it up because, you know, in the original Oz, many people had the sense that it's actually something deeper and more sinister that was actually going on in terms of where our world is at and so on. In other words, it was really a movie for adults and uh, spiritual people, let's say, are a negative agenda, whereas this was really, really geared towards joy and the overcoming of evil and fun and laughter, and it was really, really well done. But, you know, my thoughts went to the whole fact about how it was written, that it took somebody sitting down to write about this kind of thing. And that's one of the things we're going to be talking about today with Patricia Helen Robbins is about writing. And to overcome the shock and trauma of her husband's death, Patricia Helen Robbins starts to write out her feelings. And she says, to my surprise, as I lost myself in the act of writing, I began to get helpful phrases pouring out of the pages. I've been writing out my queries on all sorts of things ever since. So we hope that you'll listen today to us speaking with author Patricia Helen Robbins as she tells how you too can write automatically. Hear her explain how to access that inner part of you that can express itself through your own hand. Allow this experience to be the catalyst that starts your first outpouring, your first expression of your deep inner core. Let it be your first book. Yes, and I know myself, Ahano, having written my first book, what a healing process it is when you actually do sit down and write and when you stick to it and you end up with a manuscript and then you end up with an actual book. It is the most delightful feeling in the world 
especially when you get really positive feedback, or even if you don't, I mean, just the act of accomplishing it is wonderful in and of itself. And, of course, you know, I've been a journaler for many, many years, and I am a real big advocate about putting your feelings down on paper. And our listeners don't know it, but you're actually in the process, too, Ahano, of writing your book, which will be a bit of an autobiography mixed with a few other things. So that'll be something that I'll be looking forward to reading because I've read preliminary parts of it some years ago. And I have to say I was spellbound. And I have to say, ladies and gentlemen, if you could see the look on Hannah's face when he's sitting down and he's got his glasses on and he's heavily into writing, it's the most beautiful image in the world because he's got this beautiful aura around him that it's just amazing to see. So we will... We should probably get Patricia on. Do you have any announcements at home first for our listeners? Well, I don't. I do have some announcements, but we'll leave them for a little bit later on. Let's give a little bit of an introduction about Patricia Helen Robbins. She was born in 1931. Her first spiritual awakening occurred at age 17 while at school in Bermuda. She sounds absolutely wonderful before we even begin. And we're holding in front of us a book by her, a glossy cover called Shower Gel. Enjoy the flow of inspirational writing. Now, a classmate asked her way back then if she believed in reincarnation. Good heavens, no, she said in her most wonderful English accent. Wait till you hear this beautiful accent, ladies and gentlemen. Her reaction shocked her, leading her to think about it. She says, if I choose no, it led nowhere. If I choose yes, it opened up endless possibilities. So I choose yes, and I've been going inwardly ever since. At age 32, she met a spiritual teacher through whom she met her first two guides and saw transfiguration and materialization. Well, we could go off down a tangent all about those subjects, couldn't we, Angel Rose? Mm -hmm. She also told her that she was an artist. Slowly, she began to create what her children called Mum's Weird Pictures. I get that, too, from my own children. Isn't it interesting? But, of course, these days, they're not considered that weird. So let's see if we have Patricia on the line. Are you there, Patricia? Yes, I am. Hello. Hey, good morning, or should we say good afternoon to you in Greenwich Mean Time? It's afternoon here, and it's a foul day, and I'm jealous. <laughs> Hi, Patricia. Glad to have you on today. Thank you. Hello. All right, Hanu, let's get to it. All right, let's just just spend a moment speaking about the wonders of technology, that we have you online here from the United Kingdom. We're on the west coast of the United States. I'm Irish, of course, and you are obviously English with that beautiful accent. Just a little bit of background. When you spoke about uh, Bermuda, how did you move from Bermuda to where you're located now in the United Kingdom? It was actually the other way around. My father uh, was in the cable and wireless company, and was moved to posts for three-year postings. And we spent three and a half years in Bermuda after the war. And he was given that post um, particularly because of the uh, lovely climate, um, because he had been a Japanese prisoner of war and been through a horrific experience. And so that is how I got to Bermuda, finished my schooling there, had this wonderful revelation about whether I wanted to... Um, believe in reincarnation or not, and um, and then came back to England and uh, have lived in England ever since. I'm now in the 
southwest little tail of England, right. near Plymouth, where, where the Plymouth, where the um, pl- uh, what do you call them, fathers first emigrated to America. Right. Yes. Pilgrim fathers. Yes. 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 Not very far from there. All right. Now. We're fascinated by the whole concept of inspirational writing. You may have heard Angel Rose saying that she actually has been teaching for many, many years uh, journaling, which we call transformational writing. How yeah. how did you start writing in the first place? Tell us how that began. I think it began after my second husband died in a horrific accident. Um, he was knocked off the back of our holiday boat by the um oh gosh the thing that the tiller and mangled by the propeller underneath and he died after a fortnight in hospital and i was in post-traumatic shock for a long time and i couldn't find anybody who understood what was happening to me and i had to find my own way out of it and i just started to write my feelings down yes and I slowly began to get answers, and I've just moved on from there indefinitely. This is 12 years ago now. Yes. Now, you, you mentioned about writing your answers down, or writing your questions down, and you began to get answers. Is it something that you'd recommend for everybody and anybody who is in trauma of any kind? Well, we're all different, and I know there are some people for whom writing is not their forte, I have a dyslexic daughter and I don't think it would help her because she would be so worried by the act of writing. But nobody's going to read this writing except you. It's no more difficult than writing a shopping list to yourself. It doesn't matter how it's spelt. It doesn't matter about the grammar. And our helpers will link with um, with a non-educational part of us. And as long as we can jot down the notes, then we can go back and read what we've written. And I've always felt because it doesn't come through the thinking, logical mind, uh, it's much more beautiful than that. And if I haven't written it down, I've only got a hazy memory. But if I can reread it, it's absolutely inspirational and helpful. Patricia, give us some help? examples of, of the types of answers you received. Oh, my goodness. What a question to ask. Um, I can't think of hand. I mean, a lot of them are in the book. Okay. Um, and I... Hmm. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm just trying to find one. Uh, I mean, I, you can interpret your dreams with them. Um, and I just opened something at random. Some dreams, confu- often confused and worrying, agitated dreams seem to be old cobwebs clinging to our subconscious minds. In this one, I was happy to work on the computer. Do you know, this isn't getting me anywhere, is it? It's not really what you want to know. No, no, that's okay. That's okay, because... I was prepared for this question. The book is full of answers to questions. Question, um, anger. Oh, I know what I can tell you. Um, The poem I wrote on anger... um, Yes, well, we need to find it. Uh, Ridiculous. I was just feeling very, very angry one day. Incredibly angry. And I had no idea what the anger was about. 
and I'm thumbing through the book and saying this to try and find the actual page. I don't know whether you can find it. Um, well, and the answer. Go ahead. Yeah. Simply flowed. I found it. The answer just absolutely flowed out about. I was beside myself with anger. Can I read the poem? Yeah, absolutely. I must be free. Let me out. Let me be. Don't tell me. Let me find out. Let me venture on life's highways. Don't stop me with, is it safe, is it wise? Let me find myself the tumult of my emotions. Yes, don't suffocate me. Let me breathe the pure, clear air of the innocence of my soul. Let me find for myself the rapture of me. I am living, vibrant, bubbling with an untapped energy. Let me flow it, don't stop it with convention. Let me out. I want to be free. And then... Into the silence of spent emotion came a still, small voice. So who's stopping? It said. Oh, and what was happening? Who's stopping me? That's fantastic. Beautiful. <laughs> what, what was happening was I was trying to be what other people wanted me to be instead of being who I was. Right. And that's why I was so angry. I was angry with myself, but I didn't understand why. Yeah. And writing got it out of me. Yes, that's right, and I I think that's wonderful, and I commend you for taking on that process because so much can be revealed about any emotion you feel, anything at all, by just writing it down. In fact, you know, people will often ask me, um, you know, how I, how I got so psychic, and I said, read with through journaling, and from unraveling my true feelings and being honest with myself. So that was yes. beautiful. That was beautiful. Yeah. Yes. Patricia, there is a- I, yes, I'm inspired by the fact that you said, just write down your feelings because just for you, they're not for anybody else to read or see. Now, that there removes one of the biggest stumbling blocks, in my opinion, because people are always afraid, and I guess we get this from our schooling, that you're going to be criticized in some way for your writing, that you didn't, you know, dot the I's and cross the T's or you you said your your grammar is incorrect or something. But what you're saying is forget all that. Nobody else is going to judge the writing. It's just for you to pour out your feelings onto the paper. That's an absolutely marvelous release. It's like permission to, to, to pour out your own heart and soul and reveal stuff to yourself. Absolutely. Um, because you can critical about yourself, you can say, "I hate me because." But then, what I'm asking is that people leave space for an answer and listen. And the people who help us are not interested in what we've done wrong. They're interested in nurturing the holy part of us, the spiritual part of us. Mm-hmm. Um, you you can't keep on criticizing for somebody's faults, but you can encourage them to move out of that those doldrums, you know? Yes. You keep talking about these helpers, and I'd like you to explain who these helpers are. But before we get there, because that will be moving us more into a kind of a metaphysical discussion, before we get there, let's talk about some very, very practical things. You, your, The name of your book is called Shower Gel, and I'd love to know how you can practically write down the thoughts that might come into your head. For example, if you're in the shower or you're in a shopping line or, or something like that, 
are there practical difficulties to writing down the stuff that you need to write down? Well, I've never actually had any inspiration come to me while I'm in a queue or, or in a shop because I'm engaged in everyday earthly matters and I don't think our inspirers interfere with our daily life. That's got to go on. Um, the idea came to me, the, the reason for the book being called Shower Gel is because one morning I was having a shower, I had no more thoughts of writing a book than jumping off a cliff, uh, and I just felt myself thinking, um, you know, I think I'll write a book on inspirational writing. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. My next thought was, really? That's a good idea. And I just sat down and wrote for four hours. And because it gelled, the idea gelled in the shower, I called it shower gel. Yes, it's a very attractive name. It's appealing, actually. Well, it makes you open the book to see what on earth it might possibly be about. Uh -huh, yes. Now, it, we mentioned about moving into kind of metaphysical discussions. Were you born with a psychic awareness? Or how did that develop, as Angel Rose said, just through your writing? Um, I was born with no awareness, um, though looking back I realized I was very ex exceptionally sensitive, And uh, but this just manifested in getting easily hurt, or if somebody voiced an opinion and it wasn't what I had thought, I just automatically assumed I was wrong. Uh, I had no confidence in myself, and I think that moment on the in the Bermuda High School for Girls on their playing field was my first flash of intuition. It just the, the very fact that I felt so surprised at myself and was aware of my own arrogance um, was the first little door of awakening. Um, I think the next moment came possibly, I did a, a nature cure training uh, when I was in my 20s and a lot of work with patients was massage and I began to know exactly where to put my hands and they would always say how do you know it hurts there and I didn't know how I knew and and then I began to be aware perhaps of somebody standing beside me wanting to say something to them uh, so this was all new to me there weren't the books about in those days that there are now there weren't people like you to talk to that are now I was just on my own with this Right. And it was sort of a bit of a mystery to me. Yes. And you, people are very lucky nowadays, of course, with all the spiritual teachings that are available to them. But really, it comes back to that bottom line that you say in your book, that this gift belongs to everybody. It's not something that you have to attain. Everybody is psychic, but it just it's about writing down and then becoming aware of promptings from this inner now, let's get into this inner knowing. You talk about your helpers. Who do you think they are, Patricia? Tell us about who your helpers are. Well, they seem to be changing. When when I first met this rather wonderful spiritual um, psychic lady, um, to whom I saw quite a few physical manifestations, um, I kept getting impressions of mountains and eagles. And one day he said to me, I used to go to her discussion groups, and uh, she asked me if I knew who 
my guide was, and I was very surprised to think I should have anybody to help me. And um, so I said, no, I don't know. Um, I just keep seeing these mounds and eagles. And so she introduced me to this, and I could start, I began to get impressions of this beautiful, tall, red Indian man with with headdress right down to the ground. Tremendous stature. And his name apparently is Mountain Bird. So I was very impressed with the fact that I got that. And that started me to have confidence in what I was, impressions I was getting. I didn't think I could do these sort of things, but obviously they were beginning to come then. And in one of my massage treatments that I was giving, I could see and sense my hands as much smaller than my own and rather brown, um, light brown, and always the idea of giving a bunch of flowers to the person. And alongside Mountain Bird, apparently, there was a, a little red Indian girl called Constance Flower. And that was my first introduced introduction to guides. I've met others since, but those were the first two. Now, do you think, Patricia, because they were Native American guides, that that let you do, let you to um, know that you may have lived a Native American life at some time? Do you think that's why they were Native American? Well, I have remembered past lives, and I haven't remembered one there. My understanding is that they lived such simple, honest lives that many, um, many of our helpers many of them now want to come and help us as we emerge into their, the sort of philosophy they had at the time. I mean, now I know somebody who's Chinese um, who speaks to me in little sort of broken phrases like the one I said in the book. He worries too much. Um, and it's rather fun to write these down. But the Chinese have a very ancient form of philosophy, so I presume a lot of them now are helping and guiding us. But since then, um, I'm aware of others. I think as I move on, um, people with higher knowledge can um, can help me. Right. That's how I understand it at the moment. Yes, and I know, and I wonder sometimes, too, if we're tapping into the higher levels of ourselves with, with these things, too. So it's quite an interesting uh, journey, all right. So I think at the present time in our world's evolution, I'm aware of huge angelic um, hordes of angelic energy coming into the world to help us through the great change. And I'm aware some of them stand with me. I just feel this great big tall being of light with me. I haven't got a name. Do you think it's recent, Patricia? Yes, quite recent this is. Yeah, because I know that back in December I, I was aware of huge, huge blessings and light coming into this planet much more than ever before. Did you experience anything like that? Um, it's coming. It's coming very fast. I think I, I explained to you in, in an email that I have a little sanctuary in my garden and a daughter and son-in-law and one or two other people I've met meet there. And we're aware of energies coming in from other galaxies, people who are dying to help us. Sorry, not dying, longing. Yeah. <laughs> longing mm -hmm. to help yeah. us in the, in the transition. And this is new work for me. Um, at the moment, they're trying to get to know us. We're trying to understand them. I only see them in dark robes, because not because they're not nice people, but because I think if they took them off, the light would blind me. They're, they're just keeping that bit very gentle and just 
letting us be aware of their presence at the moment. I don't know where this is going, but I have great faith that it is going somewhere and that I'm part of that movement. Right. Now, you see how you can talk openly and freely about kind of things to us. Has has it have you encountered resistance in speaking about spiritual type things in your family? And was that one of the reasons why you wrote down a lot of this stuff? Did you so tell me about any resistance or support indeed that you might have found? My two daughters have been very supportive. Uh they obviously think like I did. I've been married twice and my first husband was not only unsupportive, he was very anti. He went out of his way to um, to be sarcastic with me and knock me down, and not physically, but verbally, uh, and was very scathing. I, and it was a very, very difficult marriage, and in the end, he left me. Um, it was the best thing anybody ever did for me because it really made me snap out of it and grow up and claim myself. So thank you for him, to him, but it wasn't quite his intention at the time. Uh, and ten years later I married again. Um, and this man, which who I, will name, I won't name the first one, but the second one was called David. And he was very supportive and very anxious to... Um, learn but when he started to sense things himself it frightened him and he just closed the doors and from then on I had to be two different people I had to be he was supportive of me but just don't tell me about it and so I had to close a little door to him and and that I found very difficult to destroy our relationship Patricia I'm I'm really sorry I, I tried to bring this out in the book that Sometimes there are challenges when we take this path to make us um, choose. Yeah. That's my opinion. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. And and I wanted to go back to your your comment about your first husband when you said um, when he left you that it was the best thing that could have happened for you because it made you snap out of it and be yourself. Could you talk a little bit more about you know, the importance of of being ourselves because certainly, you know, I do readings all day long and there's many people in relationships and uh, the fear that people have about saying no to a situation that really is suppressing them, you know, is causing them to feel uh, insecure and inadequate. I mean, they have partners who put them down and berate them constantly. And yet, you know, the whole idea of leaving a partner like that, uh, that you can be authentic, is such a scary thing. And I'm, I'm still amazed by it, even though I did go through something like that myself. But can you, you know, I love the way you, you said that when you said snap out of it and uh, be who you are. Can you, can you comment a little bit more about what it means to you to be authentic or to be self? Oh, that's only a little question, isn't it? <laughs> um, this is why I'm grateful to him. I couldn't. I I was a wimp then. Um, I was relying onto his coattails. Uh, I couldn't assert my own authority. 
And if he hadn't done that, I'd have just been a spoiled company wife giving dinner parties now. And I'm not. I'm a really outgoing, free-thinking, capable person. And it's thanks to him doing that. He didn't do it in order to help me. And I don't think when when we have catastrophes in life that ultimately help us, the person is necessarily trying to help me, help you. But on the other hand, I don't know whether he offered to do that for me before he came. Right. He may have. Yeah, he may have, absolutely. But that was my experience when I was 19 and, and my first husband was killed three months after we were married. And he was an extremely jealous man. And I was 19 and like you, I, I was a wimp. I was so afraid of losing him. And, you know, I, I kind of give myself a break and say I was young young and stupid at the time, but, you know, his death actually did catapult me into my spiritual journey, and our association was only about a year, year and a half to two years is all we knew each other, and it was fast, and it was it was intense and dramatic, but, you know, I look back on that, and I wondered the same thing, you know, did we have this contract beforehand where this was going to happen so that... I could I would get started on the path that I'm on today. Patricia, that's well, just, I knew I had, that's just sorry, take, can I just say I knew I had to marry this man. The minute I met him, a voice in my head said, Remember this moment, this is what it feels like meeting your husband for the yeah. first time. Yeah. Right, yeah. So it, it was meant to happen. Yes. Although it was apparently on the surface of it a fairly disastrous marriage. It was meant to happen. Um I would have had some impact on him, although he didn't like it. And he certainly um, taught me how to be angry and find myself. Right. On that note, let us remind our listeners that you're listening to Angel Rose and Ahanu on the Honest to God series. Our guest today is Patricia Helen Robbins. We're speaking about automatic writing. She can be contacted at crystallineweb.net. That's all one word, crystallineweb.net. And... Our sponsor today is the World of Empowerment, worldofempowerment.org. If you wish to sponsor an episode of, or indeed the full Honest to God series, contact us at angelrose at angelrose.com. As usual, I suggest people write down the spelling of that. It's A-I-N-G-E-A-L-R-O-S-E.com. Beautiful Irish name for angel, as she is. So let's take a little quick studio break. We'll be right back to this. This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living. The Honest to God series with Anne Gail Rose and Ahanu. Now welcome back speaking with Patricia Robbins about her book, which is called Shower Gel, and it's all about automatic writing. Now, one of the things in there that I found fascinating was when you spoke, Patricia, about transfiguration and materialization. What what is all that about? 
Before I answer you, can I just correct something you said just before the break that I can be contacted on Crystalline Web? It's just in the process of being changed, and we've changed the. Um, this is my um, not my email address, the website, uh, and it's just been changed to patriciahelenrobbins.com. Okay, okay, thank you for that. Yes, so, so sorry, and it's only happened today, so it's very, very new. Without any dots, Helen Robbins with one B dot com is my website address. Okay, it's great. being rehashed at the moment. So I just wanted to put that right. <laughs> Good. Um, sorry. Yes. Now back to your question. Uh, yes, this was with. I'd be fascinated if anybody listening has ever heard of this lady, because we're going back a bit now. Um, Dominique. Simone Grimaldi. She was a French lady, but her English was absolutely impeccable. I didn't even know she was at French for two years. Um, and she was a physical medium and one of the most humble and highly spiritual people I've ever met. And I have witnessed transfiguration. Um, one of her guides actually materialized in the room and just sat there and the energy coming off him was so profound. He was a vast presence. And he sat there and allowed himself to be photographed. But other people have been, um, sometimes it was just listening to the voice. Uh, you've heard of, um, oh, my brain, just because I'm trying to talk to somebody else. Um, can't remember her name. Very beautiful singer. Kathleen Ferrier international singer, Kathleen Ferry, a beautiful British soprano singer who passed over. And I've heard her sing uh, after her death. I've heard her voice manifested. Um, I've seen a soldier who was killed in the last World War sit there, seen his tin hat, helmet, and his uniform, and blood coming out of the corner of his mouth, and desperate fear in the room. And apparently um, a relative was in the room and he needed to have that contact to help him get over the fear because he'd been holding it ever since he was killed um, 30 years earlier. So on all sorts of levels, I've seen some interesting um, material manifestations with this lady. And how do you think that happens, Patricia? Do you have any idea how that happens? I think... I don't know, but just from my what I remember of speaking to her, I think that that degree of, of physical ability means that there has to be something built into the physical body. I don't think it's something we can just do. And she certainly told me I mustn't um, make any attempt to try and do it because it wasn't for me in this lifetime. And I never have tried to go down that route artificially. That's very interesting because I, you know, I myself dematerialized one time. Um, I don't know how I did it, just that I watched my body dissolve into all these molecules of light and the next thing you know I was in the light, emerged with the light. And uh, just a thought brought me back because at the time my kids were small and I was worried that I couldn't get back. And as soon as I had the thought, you know, it made my body again. and. You know, I, it scared me a bit. I was actually in a meditation when it happened, and it scared me a bit. Yes. You know, I kind of went off on this 
tangent and started studying the Course in Miracles. And it, as you know, if you know about that book, it was a, a physical book that you read. So I, I stopped meditating, but I often wonder if I had kept going, you know, where I would be now. <laughs> I'm not sure that that's quite the same thing, Angel. Um, yeah. This was actual um, made flesh physical, you know, her face disappeared um, into a sort of haze and came back as somebody else's. Oh, her, her body face was disappeared. Oh. Yes, her face went hazy. I kept thinking, what's the matter with my eyes? And it wasn't. And I, I, there was a room full of people. We all saw it. It wasn't just me. Yes. And then somebody in the room recognized this person and started talking to them. Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, I understand that. Absolutely fascinating. Hmm. Yes, that sounds fascinating. All right. All right, so Ahano is here, and we are talking to Patricia Robbins, who is inspirational in her own right. So, Patricia, do you use inspirational writing only for self-healing? Oh, not at all. Uh, just before I answer that, you, you called it automatic writing once or twice and as I understand it automatic writing is when the hand is controlled by somebody else yes. and it, it, this is not it's my writing my hand yes. my body doing it I am intuiting and writing down the thoughts in my words uh, the fact that the helper might be Chinese and doesn't know a lot of English doesn't matter I'm getting the concept I'm glad you and, and put it yeah. that, yes now what was the question <laughs> She was asking about... I was asking her if she use only use it for self-healing. Ah, no, it began like that. But now um, it doesn't really matter anything I want to know. And in fact, the second half of my book is exactly about that, all the things I've used it for. We all have wake up sometimes with a very vivid dream and just feel it meant something. And I know there are books on how to interpret dreams, but that, to me, is um, just a bit too automatic. But if I sit down and ask what the dream was, then I, I will get the most beautiful... But usually, they're, they're lovely lessons I'm trying to tell myself, uh, which my think thinking mind simply um, can't understand. So I use it for that. There's a chapter on healing the world, listening in... Um, I can't okay. think quite how, no, how I've helped to heal. No, that's but, fantastic. Uh, the Our Royal Wedding last year, that was very... That was so, whether you're a royalist or not is beside the point. The energy that that emanated around the world had such a beautiful feel to it that I tuned in and asked why I felt like this. And it was, yes, these lovely, this lovely young couple are bringing something absolutely new, new to the concert royalty and they're not... Um, snobbish, priggish people. They're just ordinary, beautiful people. And the the precision with which that whole ceremony um, when they married was carried out, there were so many facets to it that it was, to me, represented when I asked about uh, to do with um, whatever we do, doing it to absolute perfection for the good of the world. It had a sort of healing energy to it that I felt was meant to happen at that time. And I, I wrote a lot out about that as well, and that's in the book. Yeah. Well, I'm on, <coughs> I'm on page 150, 
in the book, and you have a poem here. And it came about uh, from a dream that was a dream. It says, dream one on feeling humiliated or rejected. And there's this beautiful poem here. And I'm going to read oh, it. I'm going to read it to our listeners because I do want your your wisdom on the whole process of sorrow because certainly people go through such sorrow in their lives today and always, but I want to read this just for a moment and then if you would comment on it, that would be fantastic. Okay. And that was the result of the theme, wasn't it? It was, yes. Okay, so it mm-hmm. says, to feel humility is not to be brave. To feel the sorrow is to know the compassion. For the sorrow is for those who reject the pearl because it is so small. They do not see that the true pearl is a gem of light and hope. You can go through your life sowing pearls, like a farmer sows seeds. If people pull the plant out and throw it away, it is not you they are rejecting, but life itself. On your way and sow some more pearls. That's beautiful. So could you talk to us, Patricia, about what you have learned about sorrow? Oh, wow. A lot. (laughs) Uh, Well, we've talked about losing husbands. I I lost two, um, both in very unhappy circumstances. I lost two babies in very unhappy circumstances. I lost my father during my formative years because he was a Japanese prisoner of war and those were very important years. And it's only recently that I've come to actually experience and feel understanding, understand the bleakness which those words those years of internment meant for him and the absolute sorrow of not watching his only child grow up. I was eight when he last saw me. He didn't come back till I was 13. That's a big change in, in a, uh, for a person, um, for father to miss. And uh, these are very deep sorrows. If I look back, um, I don't choose to dwell on them. But they certainly have, um, you know, um, affected me very deeply. And it's only just this last week or two that I've understood exactly what deep, deep sorrow my father felt. He wouldn't have been known if he would have come out alive and and, and been us again. Um, and so I think I'm now experiencing and feeling his sorrow and apologizing for not ever having recognized that it was there. Mm. Because the, in those days, there was no counseling for people who came back from those experiences. And yet, even as I that's the biggest sorrow that is currently sitting with me, and it's not my own. Right. Simply, yes. Now, when you, when you talk about writing for healing, do you think that that example you've just given there, the sorrow that you're holding for somebody else, is that something that you think writing could help if you were to put those feelings on paper? 
absolutely. I don't think I want to on this time, this time because actually I have done, yes, I did. I, I woke up about five o'clock one morning and suddenly recognized that I had never honored him in his hour of need. It was too young at the time, but I wanted to do it now um, and let him let that go on his behalf. And I think I've achieved that. And yes, I did write it out. Right. At five in the morning, and it was it was beautiful wording. It's always beautiful wording when when we do this. Nothing is given to us that is nasty and fresh. Yes, I want to raise with you, Patricia, the this whole sad issue of suicides. There there are so many many people around the world, and we encounter them daily in our own lives because they call seeking anger roses help with with issues, life issues, and they really just want to check out. And you know, we can, we can we can understand their sorrow and that deep sadness and that depression. But do you suggest that writing could be a way for them to heal that that deep sorrow? Oh, I really do. Partly because it externalizes it. Partly because you can admit it because you've made it concrete if you like it's there now outside you on a bit of paper i think once you get started on writing a sort of flow will come uh, and it may be that something that's been bottled up and jammed up can be released if it produces a lot of anger and a lot of hate and you're guilty about this you can always burn it commit it to the flames Mm -hmm. Uh, and let it go I've done that Uh, but in the if once the anger is spent once the dreadful sorrow is spent and externalized and expressed if there's then as there should be a feeling of release and peace it is into that beautiful space that help can come and then it may be that something beautiful will follow because that's how I started pages and pages of my own hurt and at the end of the page there just come a little sentence that was so beautiful now I don't have to write out the, the early pages I can just sit down and tune in but that's how it started and I really do hope that anybody out there listening who has deep bottled up sorrow will be able to find relief through this it would be absolutely wonderful if they did. Yes, and I I know for myself, um, like I mentioned earlier, that is how I I did come out the other end through a lot of dark nights of the soul. And, you know, just starting to write your feelings. Um, and even uh, years ago, my daughter had, when she was 12 or 13, went through a really hard time and ended up, um, you know, going to a psychiatrist and this guy was a blessing to her because he actually taught her how to journal. He taught her how to write down her emotions and handle her emotions a different way by writing them down. And, you know, to this day, she's in her 30s now. She still has journals and she still writes. And that was that was a godsend uh, for her. It actually saved her life. Well, it saved mine. And may I say also that I'm coming out of 12 years of um, depression and sorrow. I feel myself changing. And 
um, I stopped writing. So I just noticed that I don't write nearly so much about me. I'm writing much more um, truthful stuff now. It's as if I have moved through that. And I would, I'm wondering if I can ask if there's anybody speaking. I have done so much crying over the last 10 years. It is unbelievable. And it is recently, since my 80th birthday, which is 18 months ago, um, it's got worse and worse and worse. And I've recently met a lady who has explained to me that I've actually taken on the task of... Um, crying out the earth's sorrows and bringing it into the, not the earth's sorrows, um, the feminine principle. It's a help, I've been helping to rebirth the feminine principle and it's been a long labor. And the interesting thing is that the last time I cried, I kept blowing, which is the thing you do when the head of the baby is crowned and you're not allowed to push. And I'm beginning to cry a lot less. It's as if the job is done now. I have birth or helps to birth, I'll be one of many, the feminine principle. And I just wonder if there's anybody outside else. <laughs> there must be other women who have offered to help the world come through this beautiful emergence into um, getting the masculine principle, and not that all men are aggressive, but that, that we all have masculine and feminine in us. And it is to re help re-emerge um, the feminine, loving, gentle part of us all. Yeah, Patricia, I just want to say something. I don't have a question in this for you. I'm going to pass you over to Angie Rose in a moment for the question. But I want to say that what you've just said there is very, very inspirational on a, a whole bunch of different levels. But for the benefit of somebody who may be considering writing, what I want to say is that the impression one gets from seeing a book in print and looking at your book called Shower Gel by Patricia Helen Robbins, it would appear that you are a perfect being. You know, you have a beautiful picture on the back. You've got an absolutely gorgeous, attractive cover on the book. And it seems that you, you could not possibly have ever suffered any kind of sorrow or pain or sadness in your life whatsoever. But what you're saying is that it is out of all of this human suffering and out of this pain that you can actually generate something as beautiful as the book that you have produced, which helps countless other people around the world. And this is also what you're doing when you talk about birthing the new earth and balancing that male-female principle. I think it's important just to, to say that. Well, it is the emergence. We called our first meeting in my little sanctuary emergence to help the world emerge. But what, what you've just described that I've done, and that millions of people must also be doing, is an emergence. It's like a butterfly coming out of a cocoon. We've been through the mangle. When, it, when it's in its chrysalis, it all gets mangled up, doesn't it? And it emerges as a much more beautiful creature. Yes. And that is what life is about. Yeah, that is such a wonderful thing to say, too, because... I have also seen the image I was given that we're we're go we are going through this birth canal, you know, and and we're being squeezed, you know. So that sorrow yep. and that grief that you're describing and crying and crying is certainly what a lot of people are still experiencing. Yeah, I get calls every day where people are commenting, and it is mostly women, you know, that but not only. I mean, there's some men in there as well, 
or they're saying they're just so sad or, or they're feeling this collective sorrow, you know, more so than ever before. And I love the way you said that, is that we're we're really crying for the grief of all, all the humanity and for the world herself. Because I certainly uh, saw that too, source showed us the collective grief, which was all of our unhealed sorrow. And certainly, um, you know, when Mother Mary came into uh, our groups and, and talked to us about the male and female principles, how important they were. And that was a beautiful way to express what's happening. And I hope our listeners will gain hope from that to be able to understand even more clearly with the way you put it, why they could be feeling um, the way they're feeling. And I think that was absolutely beautiful. Well, bless you for that, because it has been a tough, tough time. And I would like to, if, if this is what other people are experiencing, you see, of late, when I've cried, I've been crying out sorrow. I have, I'm not even happy. I have no idea. I just think, oh, for goodness sake, I need to cry again. And I've not been understanding why. Okay. After my husband's accident, I knew why. But of late, I don't know why I cry. And I think it stopped. I think it stopped in the last two weeks. Wow. That's so good. I've started doing the blowing business, the, the last stage of labor is complete. Yes, yes. Uh, I won't be alone in doing this, and I'm talking about it now in case there is anybody else. Uh, and if any, if you would like to um, broadcast my email address, if there's anybody who does know and wants to let me know, I'd be ever so grateful. Yeah, go ahead and, and give that out. Uh, now, remember Robins has one B, Robins dot retreat at at virgin.net robins.retreat at virgin.net and Patricia Helen Robbins can be contacted at patriciahelenrobbins.com that's your website that's yeah right. that's fantastic which should be up and running within the next day or two it may be even live now he was going to try and finish it for today but he spent so much time talking to me um, on how to contact you that he may have got behind. All right. Well, look, do you know what? You're an absolute inspiration to speak to, Patricia, considering all of what you've been through, your age, your experience, the sadness, all of that, and how you've turned it all around. And here you are at the forefront and the cutting edge of technology and bringing this absolutely wonderful, inspirational message to the world. We'd recommend anybody get hold of your book, Shower Gel, by Patricia Helen Robbins, if they're interested at all in healing hurts and working to release inner emotions by way of inspirational writing. It's an absolutely marvelous guide to, to from wh where to begin and how to process the stuff that we all carry around with us. So don't wait, Patricia, stay with us for a minute. I just want to make a couple of announcements. We've only a short few minutes left and it's important for us to get these few little things in. Uh, eight Steps to Freedom is available at 8stepstofreedom.com. That's hyphenated and has a number eight. Angel Rose's book, A Time of Change, is available at atimeofchange.info. That's all one word, atimeofchange.info. And remember, too, that her new book is available to pre-order. It's called The Nature of Reality, and you can get hold of that at thenatureofreality.info. That's all one word. Also, The Nature of Reality. For anybody that might be on the East Coast in California, 
the, or the West Coast, I'm sorry, in California, Southern California especially, group Akashic Records every Wednesday evening in San Diego. You can find out about that at the meetup groups, meetup.com forward slash Akashic Records group. And we'll be putting those online soon too. So if anybody's interested in that, go to angelrose.com, A-I-N-G-E-A-L-R-O-S-E.com, and there you'll find details about how to sign up to get onto that online group. The Mystical and Sacred Sites Tour of Ireland is on. Go to mysticalireland.holistic.ie. And Angel Rose has just announced a new class on how to read the Akashic Records. If you go to angelrose.com forward slash students, you can actually sign up there and find out, get more information about that learning of how to read the Akashic Records. Uh, wait, let's see what else I have for you. We do a spirit art class quite frequently as well, visionary art. We have just completed one in San Diego. We have announced another one that will take place in April. You'll find out information about that on my own website, ahanu.com, A-H-O-N-U.com. Now, we're also on iTunes. Just search for Angel Rose. And we also have quite a number of wonderful um, and archives of radio shows that are available for people to listen to, including this one will be up on the archives very shortly. If you simply go to angelrose.com forward slash blog forward slash podcast, you can actually hear a lot of the wonderful people, including Patricia Helen Robbins, who we will have archived up there after today. So we do want to suggest that people opt in and get on our mailing list so you'll be notified about all these wonderful things that we're doing. And also by opting in, you will get hold of some free e-books and some of those wonderful Akashic Record transcripts that we call Profundities that will come in your mailbox each week. So just go to angelrose.com and we want to spend this moment just saying a wonderful, wonderful, sincere thank you to Patricia Helen Robbins, who's talked to us about inspirational writing today. Yes, and gems of wisdom, Patricia, we're going to have to have you uh, back on today. Our, our show's a little short today due to other unforeseen circumstances that popped up. We'll want to have you back on again because uh, certainly there's other gems that we could talk about, and I absolutely love your piece and your wisdom and your clarity is absolutely refreshing. How okay. kind. So May I just say that sure. book, the book is available as an e-book uh, on um, Kindle Fire for right. $4.91. Four okay, right. excellent. So by way of a short summary, let's uh, recap that we spoke to Patricia Helen Robbins today about the death of her father and her husband that led to her writing and writing down all her feelings that the fact that nobody else sees your writing is a wonderful release way to begin. Uh, we spoke about the act of writing, the how it leads to the growth of awareness, and the support and challenges that she had from family and friends, about how it helped her become authentic and real. She talked about transfiguration and materialization, using writing for healing, sorrow, and depression. We talked about the emergence and healing the world and the birth of all of that, and the birth and the balance of the divine, divine feminine. Patricia, it's been an absolute pleasure. Let us leave it at that and let us connect again shortly. We want to say a sincere thank you to you and to all our listeners. And with love, blessings, and thank you for listening to Angel Rose and Ahanu on the Honest to God series. And we will see you next week. God bless you all. Bye, Patricia. <laughs>